Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm a feminist, but I don't really understand where my wee hole is. Start tweeting me pictures. <laughs> Been showing the pictures. I've had a really good look and I just <laughs> I've had I heaved a baby out of it and I don't know where the wee wee bit. I, I've put my fingers up against it. I don't get it. It must be tiny, is it? <laughs> How does because <laughs> you get um Special bags to help, don't you, if you've had an operation? You, is it a catheter bag or whatever? Mm. How do they get in? <laughs> I'm a feminist, but if I could be a man for a day, I'd probably be a hot one, even though if I were some old politician, I could get more done. <laughs> what was, why was the booing? What? Because I've implied that an old politician can't also be a hot man. He can be, but he isn't in this occasion. He's Michael Portillo. <laughs> uh, do you know what? Michael Portillo is, I would say, one of the more fuckable Tories. I knew you'd fucking say that. <laughs> no, if you, Victoria, on, if you see him on this week or anything. awesome Victoria Coram Mitchell's always going on about wanting to bone him. He's a fucking minger. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but when I get lost, I cry. <laughs> Um, and I'd say some journeys, anything beyond the help of a, you know, like a map on a phone or whatever, like quite often people with summer birthdays arrange for a picnic in a park. 
And it's all good and well, isn't it, until you're just in the park. Oh, so um, true. And you're and on it, my friend's son's first birthday, my friend Hattie's son, Huxley, took four cries to find. <laughs> I don't mean single tears, I mean stopping for hard, angry sobs. <laughs> I totally relate to that. Yeah, sorry, yours. No, I just totally relate to it. Cool. I'm a feminist, but when I read a news story this week that said a survey about television claimed that men prefer to watch news and women prefer to watch drama and entertainment, I wrote a series of furious Facebook posts about it while I was binging Big Little Lies. (laughs) It's really good. If you haven't watched it, it's very enjoyable entertainment. I just haven't got time between all the news. (laughs) <laughs> I get my news from Twitter because I wanted to be reliable <laughs> that's a good shout that's a good shout I'm a feminist but I feel annoyed when my boyfriend shows weakness e.g. hay fever <laughs> <laughs> I find it not just infuriating mm, mm. but unattractive I, know, I can't I help it's awful isn't it it's, it's just like it's a Fucking Ronnie knows, mate. I do know Fucking what you mean. Grubber. You just think if, if the if the end of days were upon us, yeah. you couldn't even fight your way out of that box of tissues. Yeah. Much less get us into a safe zone. I feel horrible about it. If there was it, though, a zombie apocalypse. A... Yeah, I yeah. know, but it is, it's a natural response. What revulsion and fury. Yeah. <laughs> when someone you're in if love revulsion with revulsion and fury are natural physically responses, weak. <laughs> That's awful. I think I've got work to do there. I'm a feminist, but I don't know where Jessica Foster Q's wee hole is either. (laughs) Oh, can't wait to get back to that hotel. (laughs) Live from Selby Town Hall, the spontaneity shop presents the guilty feminist, Deborah Francis White. Jessica Foster with a very special guest, Sarah Barron, talking about female friendship. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I don't know, I, I really struggle with opening water. Is anybody good? No, I struggle. Oh, she's gorilla grips. <laughs> Help so, sister out. That's feminism in action. <laughs> Jess Foster Q grabbing my bottle of water, twisting it open with her strong biceps. For her listeners, I used my normal hand <laughs> rather than... Your strong biceps. The idea of opening a bottle just with... Just with a bicep. With arm muscle. Mm. Bit of fun to watch. I think, actually, you've got the right combination of muscle and bingo... You could probably this is unopened. You can try it and and if give and and sort of if you're listening at home, Jessica Foster Q is using the crook of her arm as a bottle opener. Oh, oh it's gonna go all over the beautiful it's blouse. A pale of... blue blouse. This is I'm gonna really upset my power blouse. Oh, oh I can't do it. Well, why don't you just spend the, the rest of the, the longer I try, the thirstier I get. <laughs> the irony. This is just live masochism, live. 
This is the irony. But this is an example of female friendship and the ridiculous things that go on. I'll try again later. Yeah, sure. We'll do it tonight. Basically, we won't sleep until that's done. Um, female friendship. If female friendship is very important to you, just go, mm. If it's of medium importance to you, go, mm. Low importance. So it's very important to every woman in this room. I just want to point out to any listeners, there are men in this room as well, so that's so lovely that it's so important to well, them. That's, that's, <laughs> Thank you. No, well done, men. No, it is. I think a lot of men rely on their female friends because their male friends oh, yeah. don't want to talk about stuff. That's a stereotype. Yeah. But I believe it's enough of a trend to be talked about. Men in the room, if your male friendships are very important to you, go, hmm. If they're medium of importance, go, hmm. <laughs> if they're of low importance, go, hmm. Okay. Men in the room, female friendships, if they're of high importance, go, hmm. Medium importance, go, hmm. <laughs> low importance, go, hmm. Okay. If you're a man and you're here with a female friend, go, hey. Hey. Oh, great. Interesting. There was a particularly enthusiastic hey there. <laughs> What's your name? Where are you? There are a few hairs. Yeah, but just one of you. Finn, who did you come with? My girlfriend, Becca. That, is that a female friend? <laughs> She's not going to be pleased to hear that. <laughs> this is a terrible way to find out you're single, Becca. <laughs> She's just a friend. She's just a friend. She's your girlfriend, but have you said friend because she's kind of like your best friend as well? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Finn, we all want to marry you now. <laughs> not just Becca. <laughs> you don't want to marry Becca? No, Finn. Oh, you don't want to marry Finn? Oh, I, I, see. I see. I see, I see. Yes, it's very important that you make your heterosexuality clear, so. <laughs> Especially in a room like this. I mean, if you can't pull here, sir, you can't pull in prison. I'm slightly ashamed of that joke, but I'm more proud of it than I'm ashamed of it. Which I'm sure isn't right. Um, I have an extremely close friend who we've, you know, over the years we've... I have another friend who always says, you never know the strength of a friendship until you've fallen out with the person. Yeah. And if they come back to you, and if you come back to them, that's a proper strong friendship. That you have to have a row at least. Otherwise, how do you know? You're just two people near each other both being nice. I've had a friendship that's been through all sorts of mills over the years, and we've kind of grown up together. And not long ago, the worst possible thing happened to her. And I was uh, supportive at the beginning and then didn't quite know how to be supportive because I thought, if I keep bringing it up, I'm reopening it. But if yeah. I don't mention it, it's like I don't want to talk about it. And so not long ago, we were hanging out and talking and I just said, I don't know. And it was really hard to do, but I just sort of blurted it out. I said, am I being a good enough friend to you? Mm. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And she said, oh, I sort of thought you didn't want to talk about it. And I said, no, no, I really want to talk about it. I just mm -hmm. don't want to, every time I see you go, how are you? Like, and be pat. Yeah. She said, oh, no, that would be terrible. So we talked about how we could. And I, the main thing I said to her is, any time you're feeling it, you can call me. Yeah. I'll be there. And just saying that, it was hard to talk about. But I'm so glad I did. I felt so much better afterwards. And we've been in much better touch afterwards. And I think... It's really easy with our female friends to, I think because we often don't want to bother anybody 
as women, we're told, you know, be quiet, be small when we're children, be good, and all of those things. It's really easy to feel like I'd be bothering my friend. It was all right for me to cry on their shoulder once, but they don't want to hear it all the time. Mm. I think people have a really big, a more common than you'd think problem with accepting love, really receiving love mm. as well, like that, like being able to need, really, really need, need somebody. So what I need to say occasionally is, do you want to talk about this? How are you feeling about this? Mm. Or just a text that says, I'm here if you ever want to talk. And then the door is open. So what I learned about female friendship is you have to keep the door open. If the other person is having a difficult time, you don't have to keep bringing it up, but you have to keep saying to them, you're allowed to bring it up. I'm here. If you're having a bad night, Can you need to make a note morning. in your phone where you've just written, quick heads up, door's still open, that you can just copy and paste or even like set on a timer. <laughs> I've just no. remembered that you're the mother of a baby yeah. and those are the shortcuts busy, you need yeah, in your yeah. life. No, yeah, I know I, what you mean. I have no children, so I can take the time to text. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, it's true, though. It's no, true. It's I'm not talking to do about, with children. I'm, I'm talking joking. about non-mother privilege there. No, I wouldn't turn it into a bot tweet. I think that no, would no, be no. wrong. What I was but, doing was trying to bring a humorous element to an earnest moment, Deborah, but I, <laughs> I won't lie, I fucked it. It may have just been... Crack back on. I think it may have been that I took it too literally. No, it's fine. This is an example of female friendship on the rocks. <laughs> I mean, we're cusping. People with us in this lovely room, would you please put your hands and your whoops and your noises together and welcome to the microphone the wonderful Deborah Francis White! <laughs> There is nothing in the world like female friendship. It's better than any friendship that involves sex. When you get sex in the mix, it complicates, doesn't it? Like as soon as you've had an orgasm in front of someone or even adjacent to them, <laughs> you wish to lie to them from that point on. You want them to see you in a certain way. You want them to frame you in a way that is sexy and appealing. There's jealousy. There's all sorts of things going on. But female friendship is just uncomplicatedly and very complicatedly full of love and powerful desire for connection that you can never really understand when you have sex in the mix. So here are some questions to demonstrate this. Here are some questions that I have, over the years, asked my female friends. These are true questions that I felt free to ask my female friends. Does this skirt make me look like a fat fairy? <laughs> Is there a correct way to give a blowjob? Can you show me how tampons work? Isn't it reasonable that a man as handsome as that has narcissistic personality disorder, though? <laughs> Should a clinical diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder be a deal-breaker, or do relationships thrive on compromise? <laughs> Why am I so unlovable? Would snogging his brother be very wrong if I've already done it? How come he's so much more successful than me when I'm so much more talented than him? 
I'm telling it straight up, ladies. I'm telling it like it is. Can you write down his phone number in case I regret deleting it, but definitely not give it to me even if I beg you? <laughs> Will you side with me even though I'm wrong because of that time I sided with you after you'd been violent? <laughs> Do I look older than I did 10 years ago? Be honest, but do I? 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 If you were going to sleep with a woman, would it definitely be me? Can you role-play this job interview for me in a way that will prepare me for the worst and also make me so confident I definitely get it? Can we have margaritas before noon if we don't have the salt? Will you retweet me in a way where he will definitely see it, but not in an obvious way? <laughs> Do I look older than I did 10 years ago? Be honest. But don't. Could I play a 24-year-old in a sitcom if that 24-year-old had had a hard life? <laughs> Do I smell of yoga right now? Be honest. Am I too good for this job? How can I still not be over this? How can you possibly hang out with me when I'm so annoying? Should I try anal before I die? Can you please not use it for that? Is this... Is this story going to end with you giving him another in a series of undeserved blowjobs? Okay. These are the things that I have in my life, somehow felt free to tell my female friends. In that relationship, you were the Michelle Obama and he was the Mugabe. <laughs> you are literally the most beautiful woman in the world and if you don't stop crying about this, I'm going to slap you in the face. <laughs> I can't even describe how happy I am that you're finally living your real truth and he knows that and has to live in the shadow of your glory. <laughs> He can't cope with your success, and when you won that award, he should have been going down on your power and thanking God he was even allowed to be your boyfriend for one fucking night, not sulking because he doesn't have your talent or drive. Fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Have a drink. <laughs> you can do better, take it back. You can do better, take him back. You can't do better, just live with it. You should press criminal charges against that hairdresser and I'll support you if you do. <laughs> Come to my house and I'll sort it out. My wardrobe is your wardrobe. I can only wear one dress at a time. I miss you so much. You're the love of my life. Your play broke me. It made me weep. You're the voice of your generation. And your generation is definitely my generation. If the place that was unclear. I know you're good at sex because of the way you eat. <laughs> no one deserves happiness more than you because no one's worked as hard at being happy. He is incapable of love and it's all you're capable of. <laughs> Give me her number and I'll call her and tell her. If this story ends in you giving another in a series of undeserved blowjobs, <laughs> I'm going to be very angry. Yes, you are like your mother, but in a good way. 
Well, I like her. I think she's got a lot to recommend her. <laughs> You're more of a man than he is and twice the woman. <laughs> this mascara will change everything, but beware of its power. <laughs> You've got to try anal before you die. <laughs> brilliant friendship is where you can have a conversation where you say no you know you're not being the friend that I need at the moment my cousin and I are very very close friends and every now and again one of us will do something that really upsets the other one and we need a few days sometimes we need a bit longer but then we'll get in touch and be like you know when you said that that's made me feel like this that you know really open then almost well actually always we've been able to come back and go I can't believe I said that. I was feeling vulnerable because of this. I was stressed because of that. I was, you know, and there's always a reason behind why you were a prick. And it doesn't mean you weren't a prick. I think you can get relationships where you can go, yeah, it, for that bit and that bit, I was a dick. Or but I you wasn't suppress there. Or I it. If you yeah. suppress it, it festers yeah. and then it erodes the friendship. So bring it to the fore. What was your challenge? Yeah. I have got some very close male friendships. Really complex, sophisticated, intense, fantastic. And I wanted to look at one of the female ones for about three days, really chart it, and then treat one of my male friends, who I'm good friends with, but who I'm not like I am with the women ones, exactly the same, and see what happened. Um, How did that go? So I charted my friendship with one of my women, and uh, I realised we text each other a lot. There's a lot of declarations of love, it's, bru- it's just brutally honest and extremely frequent. This did happen during a patch where I didn't see her, so I think that would have complicated things. And then I picked probably the closest friend I've got to a lad. No. I don't know. I mean, he's, yeah, he likes, really likes sport and maths. <laughs> so did you just start texting him? I started to I do the same thing. I love you so much. Thing. You are a proud, strong man. Yeah. And you should not ever let other people make you feel less than. Did you just Yeah, I gave him a lot of that. I would put like, I hope you know I bloody love you, mate. I mean, that's how I talked to her as Mm. well. Uh, The frequency went up a lot. I mean, I really told him how I was feeling. (laughs) Like, (laughs) really like... What, about period pain and stuff? I had a terrifying shit one afternoon and I told him all about (laughs) it. I told him all about it. I would, with the one that I was mapping it on, everything... (laughs) Told him about a fem cup malfunction. (laughs) Two fascinating, I think, things happened. One, he stopped replying. (laughs) And had that been her, I'd have shat myself. I'd have been really worried and I'd have hounded her until I got a response. With him, I thought... (laughs) Yeah, this guy's panicked. Um, And um, my absolute worry was that he was think, she's trying it on. Although if you text them about your... Loo problems. Yeah. That's not normally a sign of seduction, is it? If you go, I've been on the loo all so afternoon and then like I spilt my moon cup. I don't think anybody's I going. I didn't say I spilt my moon cup. That's, <laughs> but it was like... Uh, <laughs> I thought he'd think I was trying it on, which is really awkward because I'm also friends with his missus. Eventually, when he did get back, he just thought I was having a breakdown. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> 
that's so interesting. Yeah. He saw he your saw female friendship breakdown. replicated. Yeah. And he thought you're on the edge. Yeah. He's free in the priory. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Did you tell him in the end what you were doing? Yeah. What did he say? Good, because I thought you were having a breakdown. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Hello, Guilty Feminist. It's Deborah Francis-White. I am just briefly popping in, in the middle of your podcast listening, to say that on the 6th of February 2018, it will be 100 years uh, since some women first were able to vote in the United Kingdom. That's right. Now, we are doing a show on this date to celebrate it. It's going to be all singing, all dancing, an incredible lineup. Uh, we're doing it along with Guardian Live at the Palladium in London's West End, no less. This is going to be a very exciting show. Please join us. If you would like to get tickets, london-palladium.co.uk. That's london-palladium.co.uk. If you would like to see me before the end of the year, all the Guilty Feminist shows are sold out, but you can see me at Standard Issue in conversation with Sarah Millican at Leicester Square Theatre on 14th of December. Please come along. There's other fabulous women on the bill. And if you would like to put something in our Christmas stocking, it's going to be two years since we started The Guilty Feminist in December this year. The podcast is free every week, but there is one episode that you can download for £5. It's called The Negotiation Special. And if you go to guiltyfeminist.com, you'll be able to download it. And with that £5, we'll be able to do more exciting shows and events and all sorts of things, fly more exciting guests in, that kind of thing. So if you'd like to help us out, we don't do Patreon or adverts. That's the only way you can support us. So please go along and do that if you're possibly able to. It's a fabulous episode too. Don't miss out on it. Now, thank you very much and back to the podcast. Please welcome to the stage, Jessica Foster-Q. It's tenuous as to whether you can call this stand-up. What I've done is attempted some jokes to start with. I like my female friendships like I like my knickers with a lot of give. (laughs) (laughs) Female friendships are more complicated and intense than an Anthony and the Johnson song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Female friendships are deeper and harder to build than the Eurotunnel. Female friendships are really tricky to write one-liners about. I think they're really tricky, full stop, actually. I think they're tactile, full of love and humour and wonder and inspiration, but also jealousy, risk, offence, pain and drama. But I think they're worth it. I think they're amazing. I think they're the meal that you bought or even grew everything from seed to make, and you spend hours slaving over it, and then you savour every moment that you watch people who you're feeding it to eat um i think they're invaluable and i think i would argue that my female friendships are stronger than any other of my types of relationship which is very bold considering i'm a parent (laughs) Um, (laughs) no that relationship's also pretty fierce as a kid i don't think i really appreciated female friendship and when i say kid i mean under 30 um (laughs) I had to sort of grow into it. So at school in the 80s and 90s, I was what we'd then call a tomboy, which literally meant I could cut all my hair off and I would dress as a boy and approach strangers and tell them my name was Tom. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was a lone ranger for years and I found female friendship groups at school impenetrable. I sort of stood looking at them longingly wanting in like a hungry person with a tin of beans but no opener. <laughs> Just a spoon. Just tapping the spoon against the tin. But I did have the beans, so I did still get some friends. I had one brilliant friend at school, and it wasn't a, wo a woman. <laughs> that would have been weird. Um, it was a boy called William Spickett. <laughs> and that was all I knew of friendship for years. And I think that our dynamic worked. I was basically his henchman. <laughs> um, and his main draw was that his parents owned a sweet shop. Get in! <laughs> um, but the older I got, the more I wanted girls for friends. I was watching these groups of girls and their complex dynamics, and I desperately did want in. I just couldn't fathom how to penetrate these groups. <laughs> I stood on the edge of them like a current Middle Eastern refugee looks at America. <laughs> I think the victim in that joke's right, isn't it? Good. Um, I'm thinking, I'm sure I'd be safe in there, but they don't want me. And in the whole of first school, I only ever persuaded three girls to play with me once. And we played families. And they went, now you stay at home and we go out and do the shopping. And then they just walked off and never came back. Cunts. Um, <laughs> Um, eventually, like mid-puberty, I realised that a way into... And actually, it ended up being like the most sort of like alpha group of girls at school was to be the clown. And that got me in. I'm still friends with some of those women. I feel extremely lucky to have women in my life. I feel so close to now that I think that they are an intractable part of who I am. One group from school, another group from university, and a few from family and from comedy as well. And um, I found that as I've got older, these have thinned down to an increasingly select few where the bond is extremely close both ways. And I'm frequently brought to tears by the kindness and creativity and support of my absolute closest friends. I think it takes more work because you give and you care and you feel almost as much in those relationships, I think, as you do in romantic loved ones. And I fell out with one of my best friends and it felt as bad as a breakup from a romantic relationship. It felt like grief the intensity of that loss. But unlike, I think, that can happen when a romantic relationship dissolves to that point of complete goneness, it rose back up like a phoenix or a Kate Bush <laughs> from the flames. And through a lot of sort of mutual forgiveness and empathy and awe, it's been reborn and reset probably slightly differently because of our lives changed so drastically, each of us, through that sort of process. But it's back and it's more brilliant than ever. And I love my brilliant friends so much, and I think I'd be nothing without them. It wasn't very funny. No, it was funny in the right places, and it was moving in the right places. Guilty Feminist, we very much enjoy truth, mm. whether it's funny or whether we feel a little bit like crying. I feel a bit, little bit like crying when I think about my female friends. Yeah. I feel really intense well, Some of mine, my, my more intense ones in that list, because I, I was imagining the person I was saying it to and I felt yeah. like crying. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Shall we get our wonderful guest on? Um, she is a fantastic stand-up comedian, incredible storyteller. I met her at the Moth Storytelling. Do you know the New York Moth? Yeah, the Moth. And uh, she is a, a master of the art. Put your hands together and make general feminist cheers for Sarah Barron. Female friend hugging. Female friend hugging. Do you have an I'm a feminist button you'd like to get off your chest? You don't have to. Oh, yeah. I'm a feminist, but I had a baby somewhat recently, and I've mentioned that because I want you to think I look really young and skinny for having had a baby. (laughs) It's dark. I liked it. Yeah, I don't think you're alone. Female friendship, Sarah, Mm. how much do you rely on it? I rely on it hugely because I'm a lady of a certain age, and I still have a best friend who I have to call all the time. And I, I said recently out loud, because I had this baby, so I'm like making friends with other women, oh, babies and the whole thing. And um, I was saying that I didn't like one of the people in my mom's group because she likes her husband. <laughs> in other words, I'm not like, I like my husband, but like I don't, the idea of talking about the positive aspects of him is so boring to me. <laughs> and so if there's a woman who's like, everything is really great, we're going to Milan because it's business, it's like I can't. And I meet my best friend. I mean, all she wants to do is bitch about her husband. And when someone's like that, I'm like, bitches be banging. Like, that's going to be my kind of sister. You were in the green room before when I was telling a sweet story about my husband and how much I loved him, right? No, 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 no. Hold I up. Hold up. I feel like I betrayed, I no, betrayed no, no. the sister. No, 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 no. <laughs> needing to say, and it wasn't even needing, it was quite relevant to the story you were telling and being like, and he said this, and I was like, I'm married to a good man. Fine. I'm talking if over the course of, you know, the months or the weeks or whatever, or years, it's like, things are really good. No. It's marriage. It's bad. Like, it's just supposed to be... It's supposed to be a real slog, and the presentation otherwise means that we're probably not going to connect on a deep level. This is all to say that if that's your main deal, you need the friendship to bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A friendship is often a place to exfoliate. I would say. Yes. You, you take nice. an you emotional, take emotional with the fire, it's an emotional yes. loofah, and you get your body all polished up. You yeah. get your soul all and polished sometimes, up. Sometimes, like at the end of the session of friendship, there's still tiny, annoying little crumbs of whatever was in it. Yeah. Those tiny balls that you get still. <laughs> After you exfoliate, it's when, gritty, isn't it? When female friendship goes wrong, it goes wrong, doesn't it? It's what you said, Jess. It's as hurtful it's as a, it's an acid peel. <laughs> oh, it's good. That's a good extension of the Is metaphor. It? Yep. Now they haven't gone for it. So. I. They haven't. But I. 
I genuinely feel like when I've had fallings out with girlfriends, oh. it's like worse than a breakup. Yeah, I do. Because also, there's no. Small. You don't get the same sympathy. No, that's the thing is your friends won't sit up crying with you at two o'clock in the morning eating Hagen dazs And also they're not going to go, she's a bastard. <laughs> you don't need her in your life. We all said you were too good for her. Yeah. We all said it. And do you know what? She cheated yeah. on you with another friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do not all take her back. While she was seeing three other friends. Do not yeah. take her back. No one says that. They I just go, a... I don't want to get involved. How is that fucking helpful? No. Get Pick involved. A Pick, Pick a side. Pick a side. I had sort of two best friends, one of whom I had a very psychotic falling out with. I've been thinking whether or not I can tell the story quickly enough, and I probably can't. I want it. But want it. I wish for you, if it's what you wish for yourself, for this podcast to blow up in the States. But personally, I don't, because I want to talk some real shit and use people's names, because that's fun. <laughs> so her name is Celeste, and I now haven't spoken to her in five years. I did a dramatic cut to my hair, everybody. Interesting, I know. And after that dramatic haircut, I said out loud to my husband, I was like, I know if I go back to New York and Celeste and I run into each other, I have my idea of what her first line will be to me. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. So two women, 15 years of friendship, haven't spoken in six years, during the course of which we both had babies and gotten married. We see each other walking down 14th Street in Manhattan. Eye contact. She walks toward me and just says, with a tear, you cut your hair. <laughs> Are you moved or what? By her story. Basically, the falling out was she, it, it gets real dark, but she has a history with abusive men. So we're not going to go too into it because it's so dark, but she had had that history, got together with a man who was old enough to be her father, which I struggle with. Um, like, I'm like, you're a real man, find someone ballpark your own age. It's kind of my thing, but whatever. So she started dating this guy who's like a year younger than her dad. I always feel like human beings, like most of us are an issue of taste. Like some people are going to like us and some are going to hate us and it's what makes the world go around. And then there are those people who are just like so great that everybody loves them. And then there are those people that are so bad that we all hate them. Like it's not an opinion. I, I feel that, right? And he's like in the everyone hates them group. I promise you. I know we just met. You'd be on my side, right? <laughs> and he's one of those. And I throw in the American way. I threw this Halloween party and he showed up in a suit and a, a motorcycle helmet onto which he'd glued a bunch of glazed whole walnuts <laughs> and little horns not like devil's horns like doo -doo -doo, horns purple horns around which he this is going to get so weird and I want it to go somewhere funny but I don't know what's going to happen these little like fake diamonds around the outside of the horns and I'm like oh I, I Hi, David. Cool costume. What are you? And he's like, I'm a busted nut. I'm like, oh, cool. Bye. And he's like, no, no, I want to tell you more about my costume. It's a testament to my sex life with Celeste. This is totally oh, true, right? God. He then proceeds to pull me into my own bedroom. And there were people I told the story to were like, he was hitting on you. I'm like, he wasn't hitting him on me. It was like he was trying to impress me. And sat me down and like explained to me how they have this epic sex life. And I always, it's like, if you have bad sex, good story. If you have good sex, not a story. 
Yeah. Right? Right? So he's like, a sex, the sex we have, the sex. And I'm like, the oh, it's so, I'm so happy for you guys. And he's like, he's like, so the nuts are about a busted nut. And I'm like, that's so cool. And he's like, and um, do you know about the varying colors of a vagina? <gasps> oh. No. I say, no, David, gentleman who is nearly my father's age, educate me as to the colors. And while you were there, you could have asked him where the weep. Yes, oh my God. Not just, I was like, and do you know where Jessica Fosicue's wee hole is? Won't be meeting her for a few more years, but yeah. I'll come to her with that information. So anyway, he's like, uh, yeah, vaginas are different colors. Most are pink, but some are blue. Well, also, he's talking about white people there. I hate him all the ways. <laughs> Fucking fuck him. Continue. Sorry. Well, some no, no, no. This is... Right. Yeah. Right. Some, and some are blue. Yeah. And some are blue. And then really, really magical vaginas are purple. And, <laughs> and Celeste has, and I said, let me guess, one of the purple ones. And he's like, yes. So the purple horns are a tribute to her purple vagina. And the fake diamonds are about that I taught her <gasps> to ejaculate. No. Yeah, I'm killing the room right now. <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to say, anyway, so they got together, they have a child together, they're married, and I was like, this friendship is over because she believes that he's like this brilliant East Village effing artist and he's the worst. But um, empirically, as I said, this I'm just sort of like jaw on the ground. It's almost too weird of a story to tell. I'm sorry. No, it's so, not. I. But she's going to ask me about my cut hair the next time we see <laughs> no. each other. That's the big, yeah. the big takeaway. Think, yeah, it's, I'm still it's thinking about all the I know. I'm so sorry. It was so weird. It was like we just met and then I threw this insane no, story I and I <laughs> hope no. you were entertained, but also like, wait, what? I'm so confused. It, it's no, a no. crazy, crazy situation. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting one that you can fall out with her because of her choice of partner when you were so close. Also, I think you can have female friends who are very, very close, and then your life situation changes. Then they're gone, and that friendship, you kind of, your lives are in different places, but you don't completely let it go. Mm. And then 10, 15 years later, it can come back with such intensity when you're suddenly your lives are back in a similar yes. situation. Yeah, suddenly you be reignite. That, be that like career or kids or whatever like I've really had that and I felt so grateful recently about not letting go of some friendships a decade ago where our lives weren't necessarily do you guys think those friendships get more feminist as they get older oh yeah fiercely so I do I think very young people often can be individualists like you're out you're exploring yourself you're finding out who you are you're going after what you want you're snogging each other's boyfriends sometimes when you're young, I think it's really easy to not understand the value of those friendships. Or diversity within those friendships in the sense that I think I wanted all my friends to have the same opinion as me then, whereas now I really would rather a bit more challenge. Yeah, that's interesting, that. yeah, that you don't want that kind of uniformity. But as you get older also, you understand how you need women. My husband's very pragmatic, so he'll tell me the truth when I, what I need is the beautiful lie. The beautiful eye is actually a turn of phrase I got from Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She taught me about the beautiful eye. Like, if I say, everyone's judging me, the beautiful eye is, no, they're not, and fuck them if they are. Whereas my husband will go, probably, because you will you let them down? My, you missed the deadline. My, like, why are you saying that? I think my boyfriend would love for me to do more beautiful lies. If I tell one of my 
particularly one in particular of my closest female friends that I just shat myself slightly. She fucking loves it. Really? She sometimes texts me to say, can you tell me anything interesting about your shits in the last week? Oh, yes, I mean, I don't want to go yes, there with... I'll come out of the toilet and say to Mikey, like, I just shat myself a bit, and he'll be like, yes, thank you. <laughs> OK, well done. I don't want to yeah. push it too far because of your <laughs> scatological aversion. Oh, I'm sorry. I no, it's fine. it's fine. But it's just fine. It's fine. Same-sies. same oh, no, I just no. think, like, if all someone has to offer is the scatological... Do something more interesting. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But as I mean, a little yeah. spice up in there, oh my God, tell me everything. <laughs> the thing I think I cherish about free my friendship sometimes is, is also honest. It's honesty wrapped in a beautiful sentiment. You know, if you've got a really good female friend, you can say, tell me, is this dress right? Tell me, does this look good on me? And a really close female friend who you love, can go, you can do better. And what they're not saying, no, you look terrible in that. They're saying, you're better than the dress. They're finding a way to tell you. you that's You've got some very articulate, good feelings. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you are too good for this shitty dress. This dress is doing you no favours, and you need a dress that's going to give you every favour because you need every advantage because you're incredible, and I don't want anyone seeing you in less than a fantastic dress. And that... <laughs> do you know what I, I mean? Think he, I think you My best friend is so much meaner like, to me than yeah, that, I was going to say. I mean, not yeah, my best friend is like, super hostile to me, I think. think I should, and it just a nah. <laughs> or like, or quite the opposite with friends where you just, and I would include my mum as one of my closest friends. And if she, I remember her saying to me once, "What do you think about this, you know, outfit?" And I went, "I think you look very nice." She went, "Fairly nice." <laughs> she misheard me. Oh, oh, God, there's no honesty there. I want a friend to tell me the truth very much about outfits. Oh, if I don't I, ask friends about outfits. Oh, no, no, no. If I have a, you know, but if you, you asked us about the matador and the nurse, and we were like, yes, That's matador true, and nurse. Actually, yes, yeah. you did. And I asked the matador and the nurse. should wear it in the particular context. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's, you know, we were talking about clothes backstage. Let's not lie yeah. and say we're above those things. We're not. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't. Know, we don't we just slip back them. there and get a paper out each. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But just Deb's on Twitter getting the real news. <laughs> <laughs> There's another thing that I love. I have one friend. I have different friends for different things. Do you know what I mean? Like, I go to different friends for different things. And I have one friend who... It's like a place... Because with most of my friends, I try and be, like, body positive and just positive about myself and themselves. And I just kind of go, look, we're all fabulous and let's not be doing this thing where we go, eh, I'm not good enough. Like, we, yeah. I try and just not participate in that anymore. That gets boring as you get older, don't you? Yeah, find? it does. Oh, I but I have people are still doing it. But I have one friend. <laughs> I, have, I have one friend. <laughs> some people going to... Sorry. No, you going, two are clearly going to become friends and cut me out. <laughs> These two are going to be texting each other about going to the loo and being like, oh, my God, she's so positive about her husband. Why does she like her husband? She's so weird. Oh, my God. And she talks about her clothes and she is insecure. We are cutting her out. If this, Never. I'm telling you, next episode of this podcast is not going to have me in it. <laughs> it's going to be these bitches being like the guilty Our feminist. Our friends are so mean. Yeah. <laughs> this one friend, not always, but like once a month, it just happens spontaneously. We don't plan it because that would ruin it. But once a month, one of us will just go, can you see a line there that wasn't there? And she'll go, no, no, you look great, you look, but I've got really bad lines there. I'll go, I feel like I'm pear-shaped now. And she'll be like, oh, welcome to my world. 
and we just allow ourselves like half an hour of full on let it out like an exhaust I worry that I don't need to know someone very long before I'm doing shit like that <laughs> do you know what I mean I think <laughs> pretty much first or second I, meet up with someone it'll be like can you see any chin whiskers <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I'm so tired. Like, I know two women who've had babies recently also, and they're both, like, knockouts, and they have full-blown eating disorders, which is, like, they shouldn't be judged or punished for that. But what I can struggle with is it's, like, if your number one priority after giving birth is going to be to get the body back, like, then I'm interested in talking with you about why that's more important than passing on to your kid the idea that maybe that's not so important. Mm. But if you're like, actually, I'm working really hard and I'm running a marathon for charity because charity work is so important to me. And you're like, no, you're, like, losing two stone is really important yeah. to you. I can't handle it if it's dressed up with... As charity and, work. Yeah, as charity work. <laughs> and I'm losing two stone for charity. Yeah. Give me a pound for every pound I, know I someone lose. someone that asked me to sponsor them on a diet. No! Right, no. if dress up is something else, I will lose my mind. But if you're like, I hate myself, but I think I'm going to run a marathon because I hate myself, I'd be like, cool, thanks for being yeah. honest. Let's talk more. Do you know what I mean? But I can't be like, oh my God, you're so brave. Like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You much. are a very honest friend. <gasps> I'm going to need more beautiful eye from you as our friendship develops. Because I feel like we live quite close to each other and we're going to become friends. And I'm going to have a little card that says beautiful eye, which I keep when we're talking. And I'm just okay. going to go, beautiful eye. Like and that. then I'm I will soften it. Yeah, I'm just going to flash that beautiful eye card. And then you have to just like adapt. But then if I'm also doing too many beautiful eyes, you can just flash your card that says terrible truth. <gasps> oh my god right? a formula for friendship <laughs> I feel like we were already good friends but I think we're ready to take it to the next level and I wonder how often Stocking, I could possibly like just text to get a little check in about how the poops go no <laughs> never be a day where any of you any of you can text me about anything scatological have a question there's a question in the front row front row privilege hi um hey. i love everything you've said about female friendship so i have three really really close female friends and i think probably the biggest pillar of our friendship we met in a politics class um all about women's rights and feminism and our biggest thing is how we you know intersect with each other and stuff with that in mind how do you draw the line like you said with relationships that you don't necessarily agree with or poor choices that they make how do you draw the line between supporting them in everything they do and letting them spread their wings as women, and then actually, where do you draw that line with that's a poor choice? I can't support you anymore. Mm. Oh, I, such a good question. I, I was going to say I have a friend at the moment who's about to enter into round three with a man who I think is not worth it. You know, it's like you want to try to hold a mirror up, but you also know if you do too much terrible truth, you're going to stop being that yeah. phone call, and it's like how you walk that line. And I think the answer is always a question. You know what I mean? That you speak to them in questions. Like, well, if he did that and it's still interesting to you, like, why do you think that's... You know what I mean? Just sort of, like, coming at it with a question. And I think if you're coming at those situations from the position of someone who adores that woman... So my boyfriend, who I've spawned with now, <laughs> I first got together with him a long time ago... And it wasn't a good relationship. He wasn't good for me. We weren't good together. I was 19. 
I was far more in love with him than he was, wasn't bothered. And my friends and the women that loved me rightly weren't impressed. And then I dithered about and dithered about. And anyway, many, many years later, get back together with this guy. And a lot of my friends were like, mm, OK, we'll see. Really, really took a long time. And he's not socially kind of, he's not a wizard. He's a bit of a dweeb and a nerd. And it's taken a lot of time and a lot of patience on the part of some of the women, I think, that care about me to go, OK, actually, you've both grown up, changed a bit. And actually, my motivations were, it's all pretty positive and lovely and mm. great. So sometimes it's not necessarily as, it, things can change over time and stuff. And so I think, it's more like when Miranda got back together with Steve mm-hmm. than when Carrie got back together with Big for the 14th time. So it was more like Miranda and Steve had moved on, but Carrie and Big had not, and still should not be together, by the way. Agreed. Don't I get mean, the reference. Don't get the yeah. reference. Someone tried to start a round of applause for that, and I admire... Thank you. Just, thank just you. you and me. I mean, I'm a feminist, but I have the entire series memorised. Sure, which doesn't sure. make me feel and great. I, I feel bad about... Well, they've dated. They were very they've important They've aged very badly. They, Sex and City was important. I really will stand by that, because it allowed us to talk about vibrators before 6pm. And that, but was, those films are a fucking the abomination. The films are abomination. I wish I'd never seen them because they. But what about robbed, when she got the big closet? Like, come on. Yeah, they robbed. They. I'm stripped, joking. I understand they, sarcasm. They Thank stripped. <laughs> they robbed. They hoovered out what was great about yes. the series. And the series is very dated now. I have a friend, actually, a brilliant comedian friend called Justin Rosenholtz, who said to me early on with Sex City, that show is not about sex. It's about female friendship, mm. because it's about. Yeah, we have sex, but then we need to go and talk about it and share it and be there for each other. And I always remember that scene where they're in that secondhand clothes shop. You you know that one? And Carrie goes, actually, I lied to you. I'm not doing this thing. I'm having lunch with Big. And Miranda goes, I can't do this anymore and storms out. And then later she rings up and she says, I need to see you. And you think it's Big, but it's not. It's her. And she says, look, I'm going to need you through this and she goes I'll be there for you and it's just oh god it's just so beautiful because it's just this moment where (laughs) it's just like I so relate to that with female friends sometimes it's like you're making a poor choice and I'll still be there and maybe you're not making a poor choice we both know you are but but (laughs) but you for whatever reason you're drawn back to this guy like a magnet and it's their choice Oh, when it happens again. It? Sorry, Jess, what did you want to say that wasn't about Sex in the City? I just want to quickly put it out there. <laughs> I thought if we're going to do a show about female friendship, can I highly recommend the Neapolitan series of books by Eleanor Ferranti? The first one's called My Brilliant oh, Friend. Oh, yeah. And it's probably, I would say, one of the most <gasps> stunning portrayals of female friendship. That was an amazing It's a four-series of books. If you haven't read them, I can't recommend them highly enough. I only read the first one, but I've been so, meaning to I read I wanted this. to, but I very usually just read male writers, so... <laughs> well, Not she's um, no, I totally read that anonymous, whilst, um, so it could be a guy. It could it be a guy. I don't think it, it is. I read it while constantly breastfeeding, and I'm excited oh. about the end based on some stuff you were saying earlier. Uh, does anyone else have a question? There's a question there in the second room. Hiya. Um, hello. So I've got some lovely friends for a red tent, but... I probably spent a lot of time without real friends, <laughs> weren't internet friends, um, probably from having children. I know how important they are and how they can get you through all kinds of fabulous and not so fabulous things, but how do you go about getting friends if you don't have them? I think I've had to reinvent myself a few times, so I've had to make friends a few times. When I left the Jehovah's Witnesses, I wasn't allowed to talk to my old friends, so I had to make new friends. And I remember one weekend, 
I'd planned to have coffee with someone I'd met at an improv class and she cancelled because she was, you know, probably hungover. She'd had a huge weekend and that was the only person I was going to see that weekend and I was devastated. And I just had to kind of rebuild. And I would say, for me, I wanted to do improv, I wanted to do comedy. So going where other people wanted to do those things and then inviting and creating spaces. Because I went to university slightly later than my friend like my friends from school I didn't see anymore because I had to cut them off when I became a Jehovah's Witness then I had to cut my Jehovah's Witness friends off when I became not a Jehovah's Witness and then I think I've always felt a bit out of step with my generation my peers my friends have always been slightly different ages older than me or younger than me I don't have a group that I came up with and sometimes I get in touch with old friends through Facebook and things like that but it's not the same if you haven't been through all the phases together. So, you know, normally you go to school, then you go to uni or you go to your first job or whatever you do, and then you have kids and, you know, and I just haven't really had that. So part of me, I think, when you guys have been talking, I've been feeling a little sad at times that I don't, if one of my really close friends has moved away or gone and had a baby and moved out of London or whatever, I've lost them a little bit. Yeah. And I feel I don't have that close connection with women. So what I've done to get female friends is start a podcast <laughs> and it's worked look at you you're all here you're all here you're all my friends we're going to the bar afterwards right yeah 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 yep. seriously I, also, I would say to try new things if there's anything that you're interested in and you can find a way of trying it and that might be going to watch more comedy or going to watch more plays yeah. or or you can try and find a group of people that like going to watch plays or learning to knit or rowing. football. I yeah. Rowing and things like that. Yeah, I think not if all of a shared be... interest is a great way of eventually making proper friends. And I think being quite patient about it as well, I think. It Book clubs. Take, yeah. yeah. And I think also just like asking people out. Like yeah. it's not a uplifting thing, but people are basically lonely. Like I've heard so many anecdotes from... <laughs> Women who I was like, your life is perfect. And then they'll tell me a story about like crying in the bathtub because their plans got canceled that weekend, you know? And I just think like your experience can't only be yours. And people are lonely and friendships are always changing for everybody. And if you're like, I think maybe there's something between us, like say like, want to go for a coffee because Mm, mostly people are kind of nice and they're going to go for it. Do you know, funny enough, something you've just said there has really struck me. A couple of times I've been friends with people, like I've had that impression of them that their love's perfect and they've had that impression of me. And we haven't really become friends till one of us has shown vulnerability. Mm. And I remember actually the person who I think of as my best friend, one time I went round to her house and I was very upset about something and I asked if I could stay the night and I cried on her shoulder and that's when we became friends. And I could never understand how she... We were virtually the same person. We laughed exactly the same way at exactly the same things. And I remember she had a birthday party and I wasn't invited and I couldn't understand why because I thought we're obviously meant to be best friends. And it was when I opened up and showed vulnerability and I asked her afterwards and she said, well, your life was so perfect. Like I just didn't want you to see all my bad stuff. And it was when I showed her my bad stuff that she felt she could be herself with me. Um, And I really think sometimes that's it. And also if your friend's having a difficult time, like that friend I told you about before, Mm. sometimes you telling them that you're having a shit week can be the best thing you can do because then they're not the sad one again. Relying on a friend who's relied on you is the greatest kindness. It really is because you're evening the status. And sometimes you think, oh, they're already upset. I don't want to give them any more things to worry about. But honestly, I think that's true. Learning that, learning that you, and to receive love, I think it's so complex. I don't that gets spoken about enough, but... Because to really receive love, you have to feel like you deserve it. 
And I think that just takes a lot of time to learn how to do that. Yeah. And so is that, I think I'm just trying to back up your point. I think if someone's been a f- fabulous friend to you, if you can be one back or the other way around. And also to give each other advice about anal sex. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible truth teller over here. Yep. Beautiful lie. Beautiful lie. It's awesome. Terrible yeah. truth. <laughs> 1999 and never again. I disagree. Okay, what would you like to plug, Sarah? Oh, I wrote two books. They're mediocre, but that's fine. But um, (laughs) the first one is called People Are Unappealing, and the second one is called The Harm in Asking, Buy Them, I Need the Money. And Jessica Foster Q, do you have anything to plug? I have a website, jessicafosterq.com, and I am on Twitter. Follow me, at Jessica Foster Q, and I've got a new show, and I want you to come and see it, and it's called The Silence of the Nans. Um, <laughs> also, please listen to Global Pillage. It's my diversity-based comedy panel show, globalpillage.net. Follow The Guilty Feminist on Twitter, at guiltfempod. Check out our Instagram, instagram.com forward slash theguiltyfeminist. Like our Facebook page, sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. And please go to iTunes and rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. Give it five stars. And you can review every episode. Don't just think I've given it five stars once. We've got lots of episodes. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest co-host Jessica Postecoux, and our special guest, Sarah Barron. Recording engineer was Chris Sharp. Music was by Mark Hodge. The producer for the Spontaneity Shop was Tom Zelinsky. Thanks to Tony and Hannah at PBJ Live and everyone at Selby Town Hall, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. I'm making great radio, aren't I, with my <laughs> facial impressions of Michael Portillo and my efforts to open a bottle of water with my armpit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>